here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome to Lucha of the Hidden Temple. My name is Dr. Nov and this is your VoicesOfWrestling.com Lucha Underground Review for the week of February 22nd, 2015. And this is day three of me not smoking, so this is going to be an exciting episode. I thought I would do this one a little bit different than I've been doing it in previous weeks. Uh, Ideally better, of course, and uh, in an attempt to make improvements at that What I've done is I'm watching the episode now for my third time, and I'm going to pause after each segment and come in and do my bit on the segment. So we're going to start off with this opening segment here, which was Aerostar versus Drago, match number two. And this was a really, really fun rewatch. This match has gotten better each time I've watched it. And the reason I like it, it's because... Lucha Underground is really firing on all cylinders. All the things that people tout as the virtues of Lucha Underground. Their ability to tell tight stories, how people have been praising the commentary, although I've clearly made the case that sometimes they're doing it errantly. There's a lot of good stuff happening here, and I've got to give it up to Vampiro. I think Vampiro does a really nice job here, and on the episode as a whole, Matt Stryker definitely was the weak link, and Vampiro was doing his job and sometimes doing even better. We start off the episode with a recap of Conan and Prince Puma, and Stryker says that Conan is still out in the hospital and to get well soon. And Vampiro, without missing a beat, goes, not too soon. Even though we haven't gotten the story as to why Vampiro and Conan don't like each other, and we should, and I want that to happen. I'm looking forward to when we finally get that. And it's good that Vampiro is keeping that character solid. I I like that, even if stories aren't getting fleshed out. And... I feel like it's the cliche or stock thing to say about Lucha Underground. Oh, they're so good at telling stories. This company is better than WWE than telling stories, sure. Uh, They're better than TNA at telling stories, absolutely. But there are times where they clearly drop the ball. And, you know, I've talked about them, but King Cuerno continues to be this thorn in my side of this guy that I am ready to invest in as a heel character and you know I'd I'd cheer from his face I like this guy but I'm ready to actually have some sort of buy-in and Lucha Underground hasn't given me a character we've this video package that we get here at the end of this first segment is weak sauce let's get into the first segment here so 
It is Aerostar versus Drago, and this match is really good. And this match is exactly what an opening match for a television show should be. And I'm not saying that in any sort of dismissive way. I'm saying that in the most praiseworthy way I possibly could. This match tells a story. It wasn't clear who was going to be the winner. It was a competitive match. There were some really great spots here. The finish was pretty sweet. Uh, Aerostar hits this sunset flip powerbomb, taking Drago from standing on the apron to the outside, slamming his ass on the mat, and then throws him back in and does a quick springboard plant uh, body splash, kind of a stylized body splash. He looks like a little missile being shot in the air and lands on Drago for the win, evening up their series at one and one. During the match, commentary does some good stuff in here too. There is this Matt Stryker gibberish. He literally like says like Lucha Underground, Aerostar Drago. Are these guys giants? It like if I wrote it out, I wish I had. It probably doesn't even look logical in terms of just words on a page but I know what he was trying to do it just it was gibberish there was an interesting little exchange about does respecting each other impede aggression and they were able to get into that section and then get out of that section very smoothly and then go back into a moment later about machismo versus honor and have a quick debate about that so Vampiro and Stryker did some really nice stuff here and slowly have sowed the seeds for what I think is going to be Drago turning heel. I, I think that's where this story is going. I, I don't read the spoilers, so if I'm wrong, then you know I, I will get to be embarrassed on air here. But based off of some of the things that Stryker said on commentary and some of even just the posture of Drago... I, I feel like he is going to become the bad guy in this storyline, but we're not going to see that until match number four or match number five when it becomes really personal. Anyways, at the end of the match, after Aerostar picks up the victory, there's the show of respect to Drago. Drago shakes his hand, but is a little cold, a little withdrawn, and definitely doesn't tout Aerostar. So there, Drago accepts his hand being raised, accepts Aerostar being a good sport, but is a little icy. Dario Cueto comes out. He says he wants more. He's left wanting something. I think what he wants is blood. And this is the Dario Cueto, right? And he wants a best of five series for another one of his unique opportunities. After that, a King Cuerno video package wherein we learn nothing new about this guy. This guy needs a fucking character. Cage versus Puma. As Puma comes to the ring, I just feel this lack of connection with the Puma character. Not with his in-ring work, which is spot on. Just the Puma character on a champ level. He never talks. He's not on TV enough. He doesn't wrestle enough. And now that he's champion, he can't wrestle too much. And it's weird. It's a weird dynamic having the belt be on a guy who Dario Cueto hates in Puma and he hates Puma because he doesn't like Conan. They have this adversarial relationship. So the whole thing's odd and, and it's hard to connect with this Puma character. He comes to the ring and he's a house of fire, but he goes for this springboard Frankensteiner or springboard Horikanrana, however you want to call it. And 
I'm assuming this was a botch. It it kind of looked cool. Like, it looked neat having Cage sort of just slam him down and it fit with the mode of the match. Except that I'm not going to give Cage's ring psychology that level of credit because he does not acquit himself well in this match. There's a nice recovery dynamic-wise right to this apron spot where... Puma goes and he's out on the apron and then Cage just runs and clotheslines Puma and he hits his back against the apron and falls to the outside, which is going to start the big Cage control section. This is what I have issues with, though, because Cage's pacing and his psychology in this match is totally wrong. And what I mean by this is that Cage should be going for covers at all times throughout this match. Why? Because he's trying to get a number one contender spot, and he's just, you know, slowly taking his time and beating up Puma and acting cocky around the ring, and Stryker tries to come in and cover here, saying that Cage has matured as a performer, and that he now understands that he needs to bide his time and let Puma feed into him, but that doesn't really make any sense, does it? So that I had a real issue with. We get into Puma's control section, which is started off with this awesome springboard shooting star, which if you have not seen, is really sweet. And then there's an equally sweet springboard 450 back to the inside that looks real clean, and it shows you why they have the belt on Puma if you had any doubts. The guy can definitely work. There's no doubt about that. There is this weird gut wrench Hurricane Rana spot. That like so, Cage goes for this gut wrench, and he picks up Puma, and Puma reverses it into a Hurricane Rana, and it just like lacked believability for me. And I know, I know, guys, it's wrestling, Irish whips, and bouncing off of ropes, and all. Of, I, I get it. I'm I'm just saying it lacked a certain level of plausibility for me. What's really weird is that in this next stint in the match. Cage starts wrestling the way I feel like he should have been wrestling throughout the entire match, which is big move, go for a pinfall, big move, go for a pinfall, another big move, another big move, because one big move wasn't enough, so now we're going to move into two big moves or chaining together big moves and going for pinfalls, which sells how tough Puma is and also sells the fact that Cage is the guy fighting for something here. He's the one fighting for the title. He wants the title shot next week. If he doesn't win the match, he doesn't get the title shot, and that's pretty much the end of Cage's chances because you've got King Cuerno and these other people on the horizon. So all of the weight is on Cage, and you didn't really feel it in this match until this one little spot. And then Conan arrives, and Conan saves K- or saves Puma from the Brock Lock, which is what Cage puts Puma in because Cage's moveset, let's call it what it is. It's like kind of I mean, stealing a little bit from Brock Lesnar, stealing a little bit from Cesaro. And hey, you know, he's stealing from great guys. I, don't get me wrong. I'm a musician. I, I get stealing from the best. That's not necessarily the problem here. It's just that Cage doesn't really do his own thing. He's just sort of a real badass create-a-wrestler that you'd make. Conan arrives, and this match kind of quickly concludes from here. So Puma is in the Brock Lock, and Conan rallies Puma to the ropes. Puma gets to the ropes, but Puma really hasn't been in this match, so it's you know too little too late. 
And then we move back into bad cage psychology, and this finish is a mess. So, Weapon X, Cage's finisher, is kind of a ridiculous and implausible move. I, You know, a friend of mine brought that up to me, and I was like, oh, I don't know. But at first I thought it was that cool pump handle face buster move that he does that I really like that should be his finisher. But then I remembered seeing Weapon X, and I know I've seen it before. Just sometimes you see things and they don't really register until the third time or the second time that you see them. And it, it's just, it's like a ridiculous move. It, 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 it's just weird. I, there's nothing, it, it's hard to buy someone would be so prone and sedate that you would put them in that instead of just pinning them because you'd have to get them so prone to be able to put them in that. Anyways, Cage hits Weapon X on Puma. There is no pin attempt no pin attempt because Cage is, for whatever reason, not interested in pinning Puma once Conan shows up, which you would think Conan would be pleased with because, I, I mean, hell, let's just see how this shit plays out because apparently Cage has lost his damn mind or he's certainly lost his sense of urgency. He's right on the verge of getting himself disqualified. And then Conan throws in the towel. So, okay, you, you defender would go, well, gee, Chris, don't you think that's good storytelling? No, because Stryker doesn't kind of put that element over. There's no one playing devil's advocate here. You have Stryker saying, oh, there must have been a wisdom for Conan, but not actually offering up what that wisdom was, and Vampiro offering his doubt of Conan, which is fine and fits with Vampiro's character. Again, this is Vampiro kind of doing his job and Stryker not holding up his end of the deal. This match is just kind of a mess. Afterwards, we are in the locker room. Stoic, pissed Puma is punching a locker. A whole bunch of peas there I had to avoid by plosive popping. And Conan says to him, I did you a favor by throwing in the towel in this match, I guess, you know, if Cage just lost his mind, he's just going to try to hurt him. You know, you don't want a Pentagon Jr. sort of incident on your hands. Okay, fine. He says, let's execute our plan. So perhaps there is a prevailing wisdom. We'll see next week. After this, we get yet another cutaway with Sexy Star, and she is talking to Dario Cueto. She says she's sick of men standing up for her. She wants to do it on her own. That's why she's in Lucha Underground. And so Dario Cueto goes, cool. Well, next week, you get to fight Big Rick. And so we get to watch this. Obviously, or not obviously, I'm hoping that this is going to resolve in Big Rick and Sexy Star becoming allies of expedience and then eventually a tag team, which will be a plausible tag team because you'll have Sexy Star, who will be the tough one, and then Big Rick, and it sort of solidifies him as a baby. I I like the dynamic of these two together. It's just... Does anyone really think that a real match between Sexy Star and Big Rick would go any longer than Ronda Rousey's last match? Pentagon Jr. faced Vinny Vetti Vici. Doesn't really matter because he's not going to be a major character on this show. He's introduced by the ring announcers from Italy. Stryker introduces him as from NorCal. That shows you the level of attention going into these guys. Rick Martel, Vinny Vetti Vici. It doesn't really matter. This guy gets crushed. There is a note that I have about Stryker and he keeps saying three up three down but I am almost certain 
and someone can correct me if I'm wrong, at C-H-R-I-S-N-O-V-E-M-B-R-I-N-O, Chris Novembrino on Twitter. This is the zero Mieto finger gesture that he is doing, right? That's what I'm seeing him do. Correct me if I'm wrong. So I don't really know where Stryker's getting three up, three down from, and maybe he needs to do a little bit of homework. But if I'm wrong, again, correct me. One other thought. These jobbers should just be getting a small amount of heat on Pentagon. Not a lot, but these guys need to at least be hitting Pentagon. And maybe after a certain point, Pentagon boils over. If the crowd's going to be totally into this then you need to make the payoff a little bit more. You don't want to make him a baby face. You don't want to get him all the way sympathetic, but you want to get the crowd primed for when Pentagon's going to go, playtime's over, and then just destroy the guy. Maybe he takes a few jabs from Vinny. Maybe he lets him take a few shots, and Vinny tries a few things, and maybe even gets Pentagon down a couple of times. And then after it starts to feel like it's getting ever so slightly out of control. Pentagon just unloads on him and just demolishes him. Finally, we have King Cuerno versus Johnny Mundo. And this, for what it was, was a very watchable match. I have a few notes. Johnny Mundo's theme sucks. Sounds like no rock music that anyone would listen to ever. Wow, 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 wow. Real cool. Also, I don't like Johnny Mundo's running kick move that he does. It's kind of like a shining wizard, but it's stylized, and I think it's supposed to make him look all rock and roll, but it makes the move look really soft and very fake-looking. And it looks soft when he does it early in the match, but it looks really soft when he does it at the top of the stairs to King Cuerno. That just did not look well and was shot from a poor angle and I get it there at the top of the stairs and there's limitations yada 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 I understand I understand just a note he does do this really cool side flip corkscrewing cannonball thing over the top ropes onto King Cuerno during this match King Cuerno does some very nice heel work and continues to work the knee that he's been softening up over several weeks and I do like that Lucha Underground is a promotion that is having the patience to tell what I'm assuming is a longer-term knee story. Like, I'm assuming in the blow-off match, when King Cuerno goes over, it's because Johnny Mundo's knee finally gives out on him. I like that. I'm excited about that. I applaud that. That said, this match has an issue with the finish, which is that it's not a double-down with the 10 count. King Cuerno is literally standing right next to the ring and could fucking roll in, and he doesn't. There's no explanation as to why he doesn't, and so it comes off as very, very weird. If Johnny Mundo had just hit King Cuerno with some big high spot, and they were both down, and neither could make it back to the ring, and they get up, and they fight, you don't have this issue. But as it was... There's no explanation given as for why King Cuerno wouldn't roll back into the ring, and he doesn't get the better of Mundo in the post-match brawl that ensues, so he doesn't come off looking as savvy. It, It was just a really questionable lapse, for lack of a better word, and if someone has an explanation for that, or if you just want to weigh in on anything on this week's episode, or next week's episode, or on the show in general please hit me up at C-H-R-I-S-N-O-V-E-M 
B-R-I-N-O. I want to thank you all so much for listening, and until the next one, cheers. Here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery.